find the stone then the stone gives me an idea I just want a beautiful stone and the stone itself it has this shape it was maybe not exactly the shape of this uh, Pita mountain but close and it has more a shape of an angel wing first I thought oh it's an angel wing but then I also saw if I cut slightly the edges uh, then I can see this mountain and it was so beautifully white with this bluish like a cloud or a sky path and plus it has this shape I still didn't know what I could do out of this marble I said I, I want this this was a huge stone and I was thinking no I still do not have enough uh, skills and experience to work with such a big stone and then after this I made this sculpture hands it was another miracle my first sculpture hi this is Sarah with another episode of materially speaking where artists tell their stories through the materials they choose today I'm meeting Mariana Blier who was born in Russia but now divides her time between Vienna and Carrara in northern Italy I met Mariana through the eminent Californian photographer Gail Scoff who has been photographing some artists in this area whilst I've been interviewing others. Today we're pleased to present a joint project where we have interviewed and photographed the same artist. I followed Gail out on a photography trip and found Mariana standing on a tabletop in her large hangar-like workshop in the centre of Carrara. Wearing goggles and earmuffs, she was bending down over the top of a tall sculpture and using a compressor-powered tool to carve the final touches. Later I met with her at her studio to talk in more depth. I asked her to introduce herself. My name is Marianne Blier. When people hear my name, they think I'm French or even German sometimes, but Blier, yes, it's a family name. It's coming from my uh, grand-grandparents. So I'm a very crazy mix of different nationalities, Jews uh, from France, Ukrainians and Russians. <laughs> so, but my mom, who is Russian, by the way, she is very much in love in French culture. And that's why she insisted that uh, my name should be Marianne, because, you know, Marianne is kind of symbol of France. My dad, I didn't like very much Marianne. I don't know, he is uh, basically more Jewish and French roots, but for some reason he doesn't Marianne name, so I have two, two names. He called me Jana, and a lot of my friends called me Jan. It's totally different, it's more Polish name. And Blier is a, yes, it's, um, uh, for me, it's very important family name. I never, I was never married, but if I was married, I would never change my family name, because for me, it's a symbol of a lot of cultures that I bring in my blood, French, Belgium, also Jewish culture of Europe, then Ukrainian and Russian culture mix in me. You live in two countries, right? You live in Austria and in Italy. Is there anything that you bring from home, from Austria when you come back to Italy? Anything you miss? When you mentioned home, for me now Italy is my home. I more percept Carrara, although I was born in Russia and then lived 15 years in Austria. And I love Austria, I love the nature, but when I first came to Carrara, almost more than six years ago it was a feeling this is my home because it was this combination uh, of uh, sea mountains and marble and it was the feeling uh, that i've been living here all my life 
when people ask what is home for you, normally the standard answer is the place where you want to live. Uh, for me, it was the answer it's the place where I would like to die. I wanted to ask you about your early influences as an artist. So from when you were a child, how you became an artist, whether you had artists in the family. My mother graduated from Technological University in Chemistry, so she also did some research and she was working in Research Institute in Chemistry. <laughs> and for people from with this uh, uh, focus on science, it was quite a surprise that I uh, wanted to, uh, to paint. How I started was also very much strange. Uh, my first painting experience, not painting, drawing experience, was very much related to Carrara, though I had no clue about Carrara. When I was a very small kid in kindergarten, my drawings and paintings were terrible. And uh, because, because I probably saw a picture difference. So when all girls were painting uh, Barbie or princesses and flowers, I had no interest in this topic. And I was trying uh, to draw something nobody could understand. So they were very weird, abstract things. The first really serious experience was I we had a book with the sculptures of Michelangelo at home. And I love this book. And when I first saw uh, Pieta Michelangelo, this famous Pieta, which is in um, Rome, Cathedral in Rome, uh, I was amazed. It was a stamp uh, in my brain, Michelangelo, Pieta, Carrara Marble. It was a certain combination of words which made me totally uh, different person. Michelangelo, Pieta, Carrara, Mabel. At that moment, I understood that Michelangelo is the sculptor, and I was thinking that what he created, no human being could do. It's just not possible. I asked my dad, what is marble? I understood, but what is Carrara? It's a specific marble. He said, yes, it's a Carrara marble, it's famous marble. Uh, it's located in Tuscany, in some region in Italy. And I had a feeling that Carrara doesn't exist. It's some kind of place uh, existed maybe 500 years ago in Renaissance time and antique time. But for sure, now it's just the name of this marble, which is excavated in this region, but not really Carrara is Carrara. And I was making drawings of this Pieta, mostly Madonna's face. My first serious drawings where people could see that, yes, I, <laughs> I can draw. So after this, my mom saw and she agreed, yes, maybe she has some talent. And she brought me, basically I insisted, but we together went to the drawing school for kids. There is a kind of after normal school. You can visit three times per week, uh, some art school. And then it's all started. And of course, when once I saw by chance on um, internet, on the Facebook advertising of uh, sculpture courses in Carrara, I was surprised. Oh, Carrara exists. That's funny. So did you have a conventional art education? Did you have an education in different things? this um, child art school it was four years uh, it was like a normal school um, three times per week and then with also exams everything this is the only finished art education I have and then unfortunately as I was born in the Soviet Union then it was the collapse of the Soviet Union very difficult economical situation so my parents <laughs> didn't even want to, to hear that I want to be an artist. They said, you are stupid, you would never survive, and they were not rich. They said, no, you should uh, go and study something useful in life. 
and I studied economics. I don't think economics are very useful, but nevertheless, I put apart art and I went to Moscow and I was graduated from the Moscow State University. I also got my PhD degree there, but I still uh, did art in parallel. And when I uh, came to Vienna and my relocation to Vienna was because of my job, I was working in a big company in finance area and business development area, you can say. And it was quite successful. And then some Austrian company found me uh, through international networking. And I was asked if I would be interested to work as a business development manager uh, in this company. So can I ask how old you were then? I was uh, 26, 27 already when I moved to Austria. It became more serious in uh, Vienna because in Vienna I decided that I, I still was not so much interested in finance and all the things. Spontaneously, a friend of mine, she saw at home in Austin, Vienna already, she saw my paintings and she was quite impressed and she said, oh, let's do an exhibition of you. And in Vienna, it's basically very easy. In Vienna, because people love art. And there are a lot of restaurants, cafes, some small shops. They offer place uh, just for free. And this was a, such a success, I didn't expect. So some paintings were sold, but then what happened more important, this restaurant was visited by one woman, Art Curata. She working, was working for a huge IT company, but this IT company also did more professional exhibitions in their offices and also had the collection of this company. It was Oracle company, it's quite... Uh, famous oracle then oracle bought three of my paintings and then i was thinking uh, why not maybe to think at least to stop working in finance area because i hated it in the end i shouldn't complain because my career was quite fast everywhere in the in, uh, in moscow then in austria i really traveled a lot and uh, even sometimes when you visit a remote country somewhere and you have to talk about business and people have some difficulties for example with English language then you always have to switch to some topics where maybe it's easier to find the common language and for me it was always that I realized that a lot of people even who are sitting in some boring positions doing uh, other uh, work but most of them they have something behind it can be either painting drawing it can be photography so people really need creativity and creativity it's a certain thing which can unite people all over the world and this uh, gave me the idea that we can in the company I work um, at that moment we can make a project of presenting the art of employees all over the world uh, in Vienna office and I'm still responsible for this project that that's when I even quit my finance job they didn't want me to quit uh, this project so it's already um, I don't know, I'm not working in finance area for seven or maybe even more years, but I'm still responsible for uh, this project and it's about creativity which unite people and help people in all situations. And then slowly, slowly, I realized that this is something. And then I, I still did some studies for two years. I was in Vienna Academy of Art. But then I quit my job. I quit also academy. So, and I decided that I'm learning by doing. So anyway, uh, you can't find any, I don't know if there are any university in the world which teaches you really 
all techniques of sculpting and working with marble. You can only learn it being here in Carrara, taking directly from these uh, artisans. And I have really great people who are generations of sculptors. They do not teach in academies. They do not teach in art school, but they know uh, the knowledge is uh, huge. I even have an idea I should start writing uh, the experience and maybe uh, leave kind of a book, a more technical book of all these old techniques. What happened to bring you from Austria to Carrara and when did that happen? As I said, for me, Carrara was this imaginary location of this most beautiful material in the world and where Michelangelo created this miracle Pieta. The most amazing work of art for me still. And uh, when I saw uh, Carrara, as, as I said, it was occasionally, I saw Carrara at that moment, I already uh, was in Vienna and I was already in the process of quitting my financial job. Also in this parallel, I was making my MBA and I was writing master thesis for MBA. I was writing about art and leadership. So my idea was to connect art uh, and uh, what is driving artists with what is driving leaders in uh, business or in social life. So th these two things. And uh, this was also a long, long work and uh, based on interviews with a lot of artists and leaders in business. And then I took uh, what is called, uh, what's in English, it's sabbatical. sabbatical, yes. Before I had quite a big uh, salary, I couldn't think about money at all. And now it was no income. And I decided, okay, I risk. I, this one year was important psychologically to prepare myself also economically. Not so easy when before you come to any shop you like and you like some dress and you buy it, even without thinking about the price. And then I, yes, my budget is like this. So no, I almost now do not buy clothes or no restaurants unless somebody invites me. This was difficult. It, it took me one year to prepare myself to live in a different style. And it was very interesting year with these interviews when I spoke to extremely rich people. They were very much interested about the idea that artists uh, and uh, leaders in business uh, basically have the same driving points. And one of the one of these uh, guys, quite uh, famous in the world. I was impressed that this man who can afford a lot, I mean, he's a multimillionaire, and he said that he, in general, he envies artists. And I said, why you envy artists? You know how artists live, they sometimes <laughs> even have no, no, no money to pay their rent. And he said, yes, it's all true, but artists, they, they have freedom. They do not have, they, they do have something I do not have. With all my money, with all everything, I do not have freedom. I depend on people very much. Yes, you can sometimes suffer financial issues, but anyway, you will not die of hunger, you will find the solution. But what you have, you can't buy uh, for any any money. It's a freedom. And it's not just freedom to go somewhere or to say something uh, anyway. It's internal freedom. When you want to express yourself, art is the only way where you are free. Because it's only you and canvas, you and block, nobody else. In the moment of creation, there is nobody. And you're free.
And then I saw it was the end of the sabbatical leave. I, I saw this uh, advertising of courses in Karar and I decided to try. The work in the, in the beginning was hard, terrible. I couldn't even hold this pneumatic tool. I, I was thinking it will kill me. But it, it was everything, taste of marble, smell of marble, uh, material itself, also these mountains. Uh, so when the course was over, I, was, I, don't, I didn't want to return to Vienna. I found a studio famous Nicole studio in Carrara, the oldest studio. And uh, I moved there. So I finished my sculpture in Nicole studio. And then, of course, I had to return to Vienna, but I returned to Vienna with the thought that I would relocate to Carrara. My imagination from my childhood of the most beautiful thing in art. Then the thought that art is actually, this is the way to uh, liberty or to this uh, free freedom. Real freedom, true freedom, not just uh, freedom on, of actions, of words, no, not, but really internal freedom for me to achieve it was through art. And then Carrara, it was not just art, but very particular art, marble. And uh, so it all things came together like a puzzle. We're talking in April 2022 with what's going on in the world, particularly in Ukraine and Russia, and we're all upset, obviously. How has it been for you? Do you still have family in those regions? It's very difficult for my family because it's, it's really, uh, all culture is very important for us. And I was brought up in the family with strong Jewish traditions, a lot of influence from Ukraine. My grandmother was basically speaking Ukrainian better than Russian, but of course then she, she learned Russian very well. And my mother is Russian, so it's, it's a big mixture. And also being the person uh, from art side, and uh, I still think that art doesn't have any nationality. For me, any war, any war is the most disgusting thing people uh, can do. It's so much opposite to art that regardless where war, uh, takes place in any part of the world, it's uh, for me a totally unacceptable thing. The first days of the war, I was so much, I was crying all days and I was really blocked. I couldn't work. I was in the middle of a very important commission. I had to work a lot, but I stopped working. I, I just couldn't do anything. And when it's all happened, uh, I wanted to do something. And uh, the only thing I could do is just support refugees. So the, the first days uh, I stopped working, I told uh, the person for whom I did this commission that uh, I need some weeks uh, because I can't work. I returned to Vienna and I was uh, trying to help uh, kids, refugees. I tried to be volunteer in uh, for people who are coming, uh, but it was maximum one day I could do it. It's for me was so difficult psychologically. And I understood that maybe I'm not so strong a person to speak to these people to support them. So I decided uh, to do it in the way where I'm more effective. So with a friend of mine, she's an artist also, and she organized uh, courses for kids uh, who are coming as refugees in Vienna. Parents, they were in uh, either camp, so they were searching for accommodation and they need just to leave kids somewhere for several hours so they could do something maybe to not to, to talk, not to uh, think about war, and there were these painting classes were great. Uh, and then because I myself manage a project of art exhibitions in Vienna, I organized exhibition 
uh, of the paintings of these kids and we called the exhibition Happy Place. Uh, basically, it was coincidence with the big exhibition I already organized with adults and a long time ago, still during pandemic, I decided to make such exhibition, happy place, because for artists, their studios are their happy places. And then these kids arrived and we decided, let's give them the topic happy place. And the first class, I was really very much impressed. They were painted Vienna. For them, Vienna uh, was, uh, for most of them, it was the first time they saw of Yen and they had a small excursion over the city and what they saw they were asked to paint how they imagined so they took Vienna but they painted in their like more fairy tale places especially girls it was all pink <laughs> with princesses the boys more uh, boy colors <laughs> not pink but it was so funny so you see your own city your home city like for me Vienna but through the eyes of the kids uh, for them it's a happy place also Austrians they could see the city they used to through the eyes of the kids who were in the war simultaneously they were so much impressed with the kids painting that they bought quite a lot of painting that's all was donated to these families I also heard that later some uh, Austrian families they wanted to be friends with the Ukrainian families who came and it was because they also had kids the same age and it was uh, for them important that they kids meet kids uh, who experienced the war and for me it was like you know these uh, people who, who suffer from certain depression for me war was a depression it was the best therapy not to be uh, totally disappointed in, in people and totally say no the, the life doesn't make any sense great I wondered if you could tell me about a couple of pieces that you have done recently and what they mean to you. Well, I, I would highlight several pieces also because they are related. And all were done recently because I started working with Carrara Marble just six, seven years ago. So, and they are all not, uh, not very old. Uh, the first piece I created, which was the turning uh, point, as you remember, I said I came to these courses. Oh, I remember my first day. I went to the courses and the teacher, he allowed me to select a stone. Uh, of course, there were not these huge, beautiful blocks. There were just uh, some stones in the back uh, yard of the school. And then I, I saw um, a stone like this, maybe half a meter. No, no, not very big. And I had no clue what I would do because there was a task in the school but i said i i would like to do something what what i think and he said no problem and uh, then i started working and during working i started seeing images this is my style of work with carrara marble uh, except it's a commission but even if it's a, a sculpture i have to do for example a certain uh, certain image i still never work uh, with a precise model I have some idea and I start working, but my best sculptures, I never even had anything, even drawing. I, I just started working and I see images. And my first sculpture were, it was called Labyrinth of Hands. And this is a sculpture with a lot of hands. There are 10 hands uh, coming uh, from the stone. 
on the one hand they uh, uh, shaping the stone so they they positioned around the stone like shaping but at the same time they are coming out of the stone so they are from the stone but they are also making the stone and this is half abstract half figurative sculpture because hands they're real they're real human hands but at the same time they have this abstract idea of creation or coming from the stone so hands became number one topic in all my sculptures. For me, hand reflects more a character than a face, especially with today Botox and everything. Faces, sometimes it's like a mask. <laughs> but hands, you, you can't hide your thoughts uh, with your hands. Hands is more representative of human. Plus, hand is a symbol of creation. But I like these challenges of hands and also how to express different emotions with hands which is more difficult than to express emotions with face. Another piece that I was very touched by, which is downstairs, is the Medusa. Uh, first I saw a drawing of Michelangelo. It's in uh, Florence in uh, Casa di Michelangelo. It's uh, the uh, portrait of Cleopatra. It's a drawing of Cleopatra. History, he made this drawing for one of his students to show him uh, drawing techniques and how to draw uh, the beautiful uh, face. So Cleopatra, he, he made like an ideal beautiful face and um, uh, he made this drawing. Uh, but uh, some years later, it was written in many uh, research, it was discovered that on the other side of the drawing, there is uh, the drawing of the same Cleopatra, but as an ugly woman. So probably uh, it was, again, it's just guessing, but uh, probably he was uh, working with the student and he was probably to show him how to turn beauty into ugliness and uh, maybe the, something like this. I was interested with this idea and I wanted to create uh, this woman with the snake and also ma make this beautiful Cleopatra in marble. And then it was again, most of my images I see in my when I sleep in dreams. And then I, I saw it very clearly, this woman partly it's this Cleopatra coming from Michelangelo, but then I saw a lot of snakes. And these snakes draw me to this story of Medusa. So I, instead of Cleopatra, I saw the face with a lot of snakes and uh, it started becoming Medusa. And then once I came to the studio and I saw on the floor, uh, because I work with a lot of electric tools and their cords were like, uh, like snakes and also the pipes from uh, the compressor, because I always work surrounded by the snakes. So it was an image like this and I use these tools, parts of tools, pipes, as a snake on her head. Can I ask about which tools? Because I remember there were two. If you work with the compressor, to work with the pneumatic hammer, this pneumatic hammer is attached to the compressor with this plastic pipe. And then uh, this plastic pipe, when you work, for example, at the same time with uh, two different pneumatic tools uh, and also with this drilling tool, which is also works from compressor, then I work with uh, several together and these pipes, they always uh, becoming like snakes. Plus then the story of Medusa itself, if you know the story, uh, so there was once a beautiful nymph or goddess or woman 
her name was Medusa, and uh, the god uh, of the sea fell in love with her, but she didn't want <laughs> this, so basically he raped her. But she, because she wanted to escape, uh, she hide in the temple of uh, Athena, it was a big goddess. And Athena, instead of protecting her, she was quite angry because uh, they used uh, her temple uh, for, for raping. So and instead of protecting her, she even made her life worse. She turned her into monster. Not into monster, but into Medusa. So she still was beautiful, but instead of her, she had the snakes. And plus, she killed uh, people uh, with uh, her eyes, but not really killed. I don't know why there was such a strange punishment with snakes, I can understand, but still uh, what uh, Athena gave her is this killing power. Uh, she turned people who looked at her, she turned into stone. So it was not killing, they will not die, they became stone, they became sculptures. And this for me was interesting. I said, wow, but it's exactly what I'm doing. I'm turning people into stone. So it's also kind of hidden self-portraits. That's great. And can you remind me, there's an inscription. What's the inscription around it? There are two uh, phrases, so you can read this one, or basically there are two. First, it is, uh, it's in Italian. First, it is tenera come il marma, which is translated soft as a marble. But tenera also in Italian, it means soft and it means tender. So it's double meaning. So for me, because for me, marble is not hard material. It's, it's very soft and it's very tender material. So uh, this is one part of the phrase. And then it becoming the other, but it can be written uh, together. Dolce come la morte. Uh, sweet like the death. And, but also you can read uh, tenere come il marma, marma dolce come la morte. Uh, so the idea that a marble is a sweet like death, but death again, it's related to this Medusa ability uh, not to kill, but to turn into stone. So death, it means that something is becoming a sculpture. You talked about the mountain there out of your yes. bedroom window and how this, what that's inspired. Could we go back to that? So when I did this sculpture with hands, I was ambitious to start something bigger. I was thinking when I will find the stone, then the stone gives me an idea. I just want a beautiful stone. And the stone itself, it has uh, this shape. It was maybe not exactly the shape of this uh, Pieta mountain, but close. And it has more a shape of an angel wing. First I thought, oh, it's an angel wing. But then I also saw if I cut slightly the edges, uh, then I can see this mountain. And it was so beautifully white with this bluish like a cloud or a sky path. And plus it has this shape. I still didn't know what I could do out of this marble. I said, I, I want this. This was a huge stone. And I was thinking, no, I still do not have enough uh, skills and experience to work with such a big stone. And then after this, I made this sculpture hands. It was another miracle, my first sculpture. And I brought it to Vienna and I exhibited it in a gallery. And there was one visitor, a guy who said he liked it, but I didn't want to sell my first sculpture. But this was the guy who was my first commissioner. He said, okay, I understand you don't want to 
to sell this but make something uh, similar for me also with hands but he also wanted a face and he was also a person very much interested in philosophy and he wanted to create a sculpture which symbolize free will and his own ideas about freedom to make a choice and then after this commission there were some more so anytime uh, i finished something there were people who would like me to do something for them so i had to postpone to return to this big sculpture but anytime i postponed i uh, became more and more experienced so it's already past six years and now uh, i feel the forces to do uh, and i uh, very clear see what I want to do so yes I see the image of Pieta but uh, also image very much related to Michelangelo Pieta and very big reference to his Pieta but his Pieta is this uh, traditional woman holding a man in in my case it will be two women so first of all I, I want to break this tradition that the Christ is a uh, men and it's not basically uh, in particular about this story about christ it's the story of sacrificing of any person and the story of relation between two loving people it can be mother and son it can be mother and daughter it can be two sisters so for me and also especially now when uh, this war happened this image of a person who is dying and hence uh, and the other person is holding uh, the person uh, whom he loved or she loved. So gender doesn't matter. And maybe it's not even two persons. It's one person, but maybe in different stages. So like one person who part uh, of this person is internally died and the other part is holding. So it's, it's more about uh, the reflection of this self uh, self-story so there will be two women uh, one is more realistic uh, the other is more abstract becoming a mountain you can also interpret it as a mountain holding a person so for me Carrara mountain was this supporting power which holds me as an artist which holds me as a person which gives me forces to live so this stone was my first stone uh, brought from the cave and it was waiting me all these years and now I'm ready to make this sculpture. So this is <laughs> the story. That's fantastic. So thanks to Mariana Blear. You can see her work on her website, mariannablear.com or on Instagram, Blear Mariana. Thanks too to Gail Scoff, whose photographs of Mariana can be found on our website, materiallyspeaking.com, and on Instagram. You can also check out more of Gail's work on her website, gailscoff.com, and of course on Instagram, at scoffupclose. Thanks for listening, and if you're enjoying Materially Speaking, subscribe to our newsletter on our website so we can let you know when the next episode goes live. <laughs>